0: Hello and welcome back to Everyday Dadding. Uh, We are here again. My name
1: is Ben. I'm joined as ever by Robin. It's nice to be um, over here on, on this earpiece, perhaps to your earpiece. Do we do them in separate earpieces, Ben? um uh, just subtly just so it sounds like a conversation that's naturally happening in a room with you <laughs> absolutely um and it's uh, a great delight i hope you enjoyed the last episode if you've not listened to that yet do have a listen and um, to our good friend matthew mason talking about the body well matthew is back joining us again in this episode so hello matthew hello good to be back thank you very much for for joining us and um, just uh, for those who, who skipped the previous episode, uh, shame on them. Just give us a reminder. Who, who are you, Matthew?
2: That's a question I ask myself regularly. Um, I'm hoping the nurse will be along soon to tell me. <laughs> um, I'm a, I I teach uh, Christian ethics for something called the Pastors Academy. I'm a dad of three children, uh, married, live in Salisbury. Um, been a minister for a while, but I'm no longer.
1: Good stuff. And um, have you got a, your last dad joke? Um, was dark have you got another suitably dark dad joke or is this a bit lighter of spirit
2: well you, I'll let you be the judge it's, it's one especially for, for both of you actually um, so there's a youth worker who has uh, just joined uh, a new church just started working for them and uh, he preaches his first sermon and after the service over tea and biscuits this old lady walks up to him and says that was the worst sermon I have ever heard and just walks off And the vicar really feels for the youth worker and looks across and goes, look, don't worry about her. She never has a thought of her own. She just repeats what everyone
1: else is saying. (laughs) If only it weren't a true story. (laughs) Brilliant. Um, Maybe you could encourage your preacher on Sunday by doing exactly that. Um, (laughs) Um, So, Matthew, last time we uh, talked about the body kind of generally um and how we encourage our how we help our children to grow up with healthy uh, views and understandings of, of their body um what about how do we um begin to talk about the, the 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 when our children perhaps or the children around us um have a real sense that they don't belong in their body so um I guess just help us as Christian dads to understand what's going on uh, with with some of the trans issues from a Christian point of view.
2: Yeah, it's obviously, it's a huge, it's a huge question and one that um, is very complicated, so we can only talk about bits of it, I guess, uh, in, in the next few minutes. And I think the first thing to say is, look, this is, this is a real thing. And it's a really agonizing thing for a fairly small percentage of people. But if you're one of those people, it's irrelevant how big the percentage is, isn't it? It's it's a, it's a painful and agonizing thing to think I, I'm in the wrong body. I don't belong here. Um, and, I, and so I think, you know, one of the things we want to be doing with our kids is just helping them. Grow up to to go through life in an appropriately kind of open way to all kinds of different people, and just whoever the person is who's in front of you is made in God's image and loved by Him. Um, and so, learning how to not treat people like weirdos and freaks, um, which is one of those things that kids do, isn't it? They they have a they have a strong instinct for someone who's different, in some way and helping them navigate that in all kinds of ways like my guess is if it was 30 years ago we'd have been talking about race much more you know and i look back to the kind of casual racism that i overheard and probably participated in without really realizing it in at primary school um, and and helping kids to just accept and value so when they have a friend who experiences this and maybe even transitions they can still be friends and love that friend that would be one thing to say another thing to say is you know there's obviously like intellectual and cultural things there are ideas about what makes a human being that, that lie behind a lot of the the ideology that drives so you separate out people who are really suffering and struggling and then there's the ideology that drives and says you can be whoever you want to be um, and that actually, what from a Christian point of view, from a biblical point of view, I, I am intimately connected to my body, and my body defines whether I'm male or female. It's given to me by God, it will be raised you know, I'll be raised as a man. I'm not going to be raised in this kind of ambiguous way in the new creation, but I will be raised as a man, my, my wife will be raised as a woman. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but that's not how our culture sees it and says, you know, we, we've separated bodily sex from gender identity, which is that sort of internal sense of who I am. Um, and we say, you know, actually, it's the real me is is what I want and what I desire. Um, in a way that's. Not shaped by my body so that I can change my body in all kinds of ways to match who I really want to be or who i really feel i am or what what i really want and i don't think this is just the trans issue again i think this is just like the real me is my desires Mm. and i should just be able to fulfill those desires and nothing should get in my way and no one should get in my way um, as long as you know i'm not harming anyone which is a you know that's a whole other thing where i would want to challenge what counts as harm but yeah.
1: and, and so therefore how might so there so there are two those two things going on there on there um and I mean in my immediate thought when you said we we want to accept people who are different actually the church can and should be a great place to do that because the church is full of very different people who we wouldn't necessarily choose to hang out with um and and therefore our christian kids church kids should have a real training ground for that but but the other issue in terms of that kind of expressive individualism if you like um how do we begin to unmask that at different ages with our children because you know for for the the infant schoolers that they're not quite going to get that philosophy uh, and be able to unpick it with us so how you know how can we begin to talk to our children about um some of those issues through the ages
2: so let me give you two examples um one which is sort of one is kind of related so i had a really helpful conversation with my son when he came home maybe last year they'd done, they'd been doing some stuff about um where babies come from um and they'd obviously done some stuff about families and and that kind of thing and he at some point in the conversation he was sort of talking about how you know sometimes men marry women and sometimes men marry men and sometimes women marry women and then just kind of went is that right and i just said yeah it is right in our in our country um, and our country's law says that that's allowed but actually god's law says it doesn't it isn't and so for him just and he was like oh right and and then for the next Few weeks, he was sort of talking about God's law says such and such a thing, and I was like, "It's going to be really interesting if he goes into school and suddenly pipes up, God's law says this isn't allowed." But I don't think he did. But I just thought that was a really useful moment to put some different categories in his mind and go. Just because our government says something is right doesn't necessarily mean it's right. Um, I, I think one of the one of the battles is just saying just because your teachers say something doesn't mean it's true. I mean, that, that might be true just in a like a subject they're teaching. They might make a mistake, but it, it can also be true on the sort of moral and ethical issues mm-hmm. and just helping kids go, you should still listen to your teachers and respect them. You don't have to agree with everything they say. And to be honest, you don't have to agree with everything your mum and dad say either. I mean that's a that's a helpful thing to be modelling, isn't it? That sometimes we get things wrong. Um, i I mean one of the ways the expressive individualism stuff has shown in my experience is that the sort of whole uh, secondary school particularly is we want all of our students to fulfill their potential you can be whoever you want to be you can achieve whatever you want to achieve and i'm just like yeah no you can't um and i think just 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 because you really want to do something doesn't you know, I really, really, all I wanted to do as a kid was play football and cricket for England. And it was laughable. I mean, I had decent hand-eye coordination, I could hold a bat, but there was no way I was ever gonna play cricket in any, at any kind of level, let alone internationally. And it's just, you know, I could have spent my entire life trying to do that and failed. Um, and so part of that, just realizing, no, we're very limited. And there are things that we can't do, but then just insistently prioritizing God's the one who gets to decide. So that whole, my body, my choice. I, that, that was something I didn't say in the last podcast, actually, just no, it's not your body. It's Jesus's body. Your body is a member of Christ. So 1 Corinthians 6, you're not your own. You were bought at a price, therefore, honour God with your body. And I think, again, from a young age, just saying, what do you really want out of life? If your ultimate desire is to honour God with everything you have, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. That's going to shape a lot of stuff. Um, and to realise that limits are not bad things. Limits are good. So the fish who goes, I, I'm tired of being a fish. I want to be a land animal. And makes a leap for freedom from the river and flops down on the, the river uh, the, the, the river bank. Is that fish free? Well, briefly. <laughs> you know, for, for about 30 seconds, it can, you know, the Jack D line, it, it can do about 50 sit ups. And then it's dead. That's not freedom. And to recognize that actually God has given us life within limits, but those limits are what set us free
0: yeah it's, it's unbelievably liberating isn't it actually for our kids well and for us but if our kids can grasp the fact that they can't just do anything they want to if they but if they just believe um, and want it enough actually that that actually takes the pressure off so we're where i say well i just do the best you can at what you what you're doing and there we go and they go oh okay i i can do that <laughs>
2: And I think to be able to do that in a kind of uh, in a way that really does take the pressure off and go, you know, it's OK. We don't mind if you can't do that. Yeah. You may not be academically brilliant. That's OK. We think you're terrific anyway. Mm. And that there are things you can do. And we just love you for who you are and who God has made you to be is a big thing where actually. I just think that takes a lot of anxiety out of life, doesn't it? And, and, and enables self-acceptance in a healthy way.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's super helpful.
1: So, I mean, this whole issue is going to be hard and getting harder, I think, for our children to navigate in our world. And so, you know, I think that's really helpful to hear. There are some things that are really good about our current climate in, in saying we welcome and we love people, whoever they are. That's brilliant. How do we help, so how do we help our children to be, and, and young people, you know, um, when they become teenagers, et cetera, to, to be salt and light as well? How do we help them to be wise in what they're saying? Because it's becoming increasingly unacceptable even to question whether um, holding back from, from surgery, uh, for example, is, is, the, is, a, is a right approach.
2: Yeah, and, and part of that might be just information. So wouldn't hurt, would it, with a teenager to show them a kind of newspaper article from someone who has had surgery? I was reading something last week with a, from a, a, a young woman who had top surgery, so double mastectomy, um, and then bitterly regrets it. Um, Uh, And to to realize that actually sometimes these things are real mistakes and you may only be hearing part of the story here. You may be you're being told a lie when you're being told this is going to solve this person's problems. This is going to make them happier. It might provide some momentary relief, but actually there are plenty of stories of people who bitterly regret it, of people who are, you know. In constant need now of certain kinds of medication or medical treatment because of treatments they've had so that's just one thing to be aware of i think giving people giving our kids confidence that god is really wise and good i mean this is so in in other words let's get let's pull back from the the immediate issue of trans and just go is god a wise and loving god is he a good creator has he shown his love for us in sending his son Um, What is the Christian hope um, in the face of pain and suffering in the world? And isn't that, that's just, it's so much more of a beautiful vision of life than than a secular view of life. What if we didn't view um, life in a sort of competitive way? Battle of the sexes, kind of way, but said actually fundamentally, men and women are designed to relate to each other with sort of mutual love and respect, not using each other, uh, not trying to gain power over each other, not victimizing it, but actually just love and so the Christian vision of life is very beautiful. And I think having that really positive vision of life that is just rooted in the goodness of God. Conversely, having a view of life that says all of us are deeply corrupted and broken and sinful. Um, and I don't think any of us have even begun to get a handle on how messed up we are by sin. Um, so that it, I just think that changes your demeanour towards people. It means you can take sin really seriously um, while offering hope and without judging people as just like beyond the pale um, and so i th- yeah a lo- and then i just think we are going to need for our kids and for ourselves we just need to be more courageous and we need to recognize that we may be entering a time in in british society where some jobs are going to be ruled out if you hold christian convictions about this You may not be able to be a doctor or a teacher or a a lawyer or or a government employee of different kinds. Um, Or, you know, just if you get the wrong HR department in your company, just to even believe the things you believe. Forget about how you talk to people and how you treat people, but just to believe these things. And we may just have to, it's not uncommon for Christians around the world and throughout history, but we have become used to just thinking we can live very comfortably. Um, And so getting our kids ready to be unpopular and being willing ourselves to be unpopular and to do that in a, I think one of the things I find depressing about the whole trans debate is the way either people cave in or are shrill and mean. And it's like, can we actually just be thoughtful, calm, reasonable, and courageous? And I think that's the kind of thing I want to model for my kids. So again, I think that goes back to the conversations we're having at home, where I hope my kids are allowed to disagree with me and and then be treated with respect and have their ideas treated with respect without me immediately caving in and going, well, you know, let's not talk about this. And so I think modeling that for them at home where disagreements allowed, but where parents are able to be firm in their convictions without demonizing someone or, you know, there are so many ways of just talking about people as if they're nutters, that I think you'll either, you'll either at that point get kids growing up treating people like they're nutters, or you'll get kids growing up going, oh, I don't want to treat people like mum and dad. Or I don't want to talk about people in the way that mum and dad did. So I think a lot of it is about the way we can have conversations at home. And then the flip side of that is to recognise the cultural pressures are such that we can't, we can't, we just can't guarantee where our kids are going to end up on these things. And we can't, we can't beat ourselves up about that. If if they end up in different places to us, it might be painful. Um, and it might be good for us because it might make us pray more <laughs> for them. But but you know, parents are not the only shaping influences on their children. We have we have important parts to play, and we mustn't abdicate that. But I think we have to learn to go easy on ourselves as well in the right kind of way. So the last thing to say, just non-anxious, Be non-anxious is huge. I saw a dad, his son came down in a dress, just messing around, dressing up, you know, and I laughed and he freaked out. And I just think that that you're storing up problems for yourself if your response to something like that is to freak out. So as much as possible, being a firm but non-anxious presence in our kids' lives.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think it's really helpful to kind of, if you're able to have this kind of conversations, like to, to be, you know, to, to not be surprised by things that they ask or mm-hmm. things that they think, yeah, not, not to be shocked um, and to, to be able to normalise having a conversation about something tricky yeah. rather than you know allow you know, normalizing everything that happens in the world but just being able to have that kind of that, that disagreement and and those kind of things matthew i feel like we could go on and on and on um and we'll have to get, yeah we'll, we'll have to get you back for season four at some point to, true, yeah. to to to, <laughs> to to pick this up but that is sadly all we have time for um thank you so much for joining us uh thank you matthew um Thank you to, the, to all all the emails that are flooding in with ideas for future episodes. Um, you can stay in touch with us um, on everydaydadding uh, at everydaydadding.com um, and by emailing everydaydadding at gmail.com. Uh, but until next time, it is goodbye. Goodbye.
2: Goodbye. goodbye.